Welcome, welcome. This is Rose, your hostess with the mostess with Life Unleashed. I have started a new kind of series. We've talked about it. Deep Conversations. And today, I have a really good friend of mine who we met at work and life happens. And then we decided to catch up and kind of, I don't know, it clicked. Ended up finding out that she lived literally two minutes down the road from me. Um, And it just kind of worked for us both. Um, Honestly, I think COVID and quarantine kind of helped build this relationship. Um, So, let's get into it. This is Miss Monica. Hello. Hello. Let me get this situated. Oh, stop playing music. (laughs) I can't do that. Oh, no. Okay, we're just going to close the app down. Boom. Hooray. Hooray. Hurrah. Welcome. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you doing? Good, good. We have a doggo hanging out with us. We have Miss Nibbler. Yeah. So you might hear the nails. She's very cute and sweet. Yeah. But yeah. So we reconnected. It was funny because today came up a picture, I think probably over one of our first walks in the park. Mm-hmm. When we went like at 8.30 in the morning and we turned around and it's like, holy shit, where's this storm coming from? Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, oh shit. So I guess it's been about... A year since we reconnected. Yeah, give or take. Uh, it was, I don't know if it, it was, would have been right after I had to resign from my job at that time. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Because I was having the, the migraines. Um, and so I also had mornings free again. <laughs> That's so, when we were like, let's walk every day. Let's walk. Yeah, no. At least twice, twice a week, I think twice we got it. Until, <laughs> let's just make sure we're moving, even if we're not together. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and we did. We did. We did our own things. We did what mm-hmm. we had to do for ourselves. That's pretty awesome. So, we don't really have any topics because, you know, that's how I roll. Uh, I really just want to have conversations with people I think that are doing life-changing things. And I feel, personally, from watching Monica for what, how many years? Five years? Uh, we started working together in 2016. So, yeah, right about five years. Five years. Yeah, actually, it'd be five mm-hmm. years this month because mm-hmm. that's when we started. Um Watching people grow and develop and become their own person, and I think you've confronted your shadows and are still confronting them, um, and stuff that you haven't wanted to deal with, and I, and I know that takes a lot of, uh, a lot of power to do. Um, it's scary to come, you know, to come up and be like, "Yes, I've faltered here. Yes, these demons hurt me. Yes, this shit has happened, but you know what? I'm gonna keep going, and I'm loving." The words that you're... I love the fact that you are opening up more and more on Facebook because I think you are going to help so many people more by doing that. Um, Being vulnerable is probably the strongest thing that somebody could actually ever do, and people don't recognize it. They think vulnerability is a weakness, and it's it's not a weakness at all by any means. Yeah, that is is true. I'll give a little a little background and context because, uh, of course, we're sitting here knowing my story a little yeah. bit more. Um, like the best way I can describe that I've I've long dealt with bad shit happening, trauma, call it whatever you will, just crummy things happening that affect you long term. Uh, for so long, I the best image I can put is. I take everything that's happened at times and I put them into boxes 
I compart I very heavily compartmentalize <laughs> because who has time? And it's everybody's has, favorite thing to do though. Right? Who has who has time to you have to still, you know, some crap shit happen, but I still gotta make sure there's a roof over my head. But I still gotta make sure I'm completing the mission. Um I was already compartmentalizing a lot of life even before I joined the service in 2007. So I was 19. Um, there were already some things that had occurred uh, that you could look at as, yeah, they were straight up traumas. They were things that, there were things that happened to me that my brain couldn't process because I couldn't comprehend that something like this could have happened. And so how do we cope? Well, um, again, I put things into boxes and I kept tucking them into the closet of my brain. Uh, did that over 10 years. Over 10 years. I want to step in real quick and I want to just say, first off, I'm not any asking anyone to talk about what mm -hmm. their traumas are. I'm not expecting that. So I want that to be known. Um, these are their stories for them to tell. Um, they are trusting me enough to do this with me. So I want everybody to know that I don't, I'm not going to divulge anything. They're going to divulge what they are comfortable with. That's what this is for. It's just, I just want to create awareness that, yes, we all have traumas. I am finding out there's a ton of people with traumas because they probably compartmentalize. Sorry, I'm really bad with words. So much that they, they manifest in other ways. And uh, what, absolutely. And what people appear to be normal you know, oh, this looks like the typical blah, blah, blah family or this. She looks like she's got everything. Like, for whatever reason, I've always been able to see, like, eh, there's something behind that shit somewhere. I know it, like, always is. So, anyways, to go back to what I said, I'm not asking anybody to tell their story. They can tell. They can talk about what they want. So, there's my little PSA, whatever you want to call it. Can so, to your point with that, that PSA is I'm not going to focus too heavily on the specific types of traumas uh, because what resonates more with me is that we can all go through life and have so many different obstacles. We all are walking in different shoes. No, Nobody, even a brother and sister, even two siblings, sister, sister, growing up in the same household, all of it. <laughs> There's still going to be different responses because simple as that, our brains are different computers. Different, yeah. different algorithms, all of it. So when I talk about trauma, I like an example I was, I was given. And this has all been for me to help me navigate and even understand what I'm going through. And, well, recognize that I've been through hell. Because that's also a super hard part. Uh, yeah, super hard part <laughs> is uh, just even recognizing that I've been through a lot. And it's what has affected my world. It's not whether it's compared to someone else or, you know, who had it worse or anything. As a veteran, I will say I get told a lot. I have a lot of people, civilian-wise, downplay their own personal war zones. And it hurts. It hurts because I tell them, please don't ever minimize what you've gone through. Because... I may have been physically, literally, at one point, operating in a combat zone. Uh, I served a tour in Iraq. 
but the worst wars I've fought, worst battles and wars I've fought have been here at home. And so being a, wearing a uniform to me does not give anyone license to minimize what they're going through. Because, again, I fought some really tough things while I was in the military, but nothing compared to battling what I have as a civilian or just back on the home front. And it's funny because we, I think we, somewhere along last year, we sat down outside and we talked about it and I'm like, <clears throat> you literally haven't come back. Like, it's, because the way you were speaking words, you know, um, the missions and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And there's, and I obviously never judged you for that. I just listened to you, but it was more and more realization to me of how much you never really came back. Yeah. You know, and like you're, like you said, fighting other wars. Um, kind of skip like our intro, like how free flow, yo, free flow. It, it is what it is. <laughs> um, do we want to back step and tell that silly spit take story and like do we? It'll wanna... it'll weave in. I think I was just starting with context on. Okay, just... I know you were just kind of like tagging on to my PSA, so I just yeah. want to make sure. Okay, but going into just things I've survived. Yeah. Uh, things I've come out on the other side of, uh, everybody knows, you don't walk away without some sort of battle wounds, scars, whatever. And what a lot of people forget is we don't take care of those invisible ones well enough. Mm-hmm. That's whether it's literally a physical, invis- quote-unquote invisible scar, uh, such as injuries that people may not be aware of, uh, For me, a lot of it has been, the worst battlefield has been the mental one. It has been carrying guilt that never belonged to me because I chose to burden, or I chose to carry, being the person that I am. Mama bear trying to take care of everybody. I have a tendency of overwhelming myself with guilt and blame that doesn't belong to me or belong to me in such severity. Uh... I have a hard time forgiving myself. That ties into everything else. So it's made some of these battles on the home front a little bit harder. Uh, Rose has known, what, since we started working together pretty early on, I I think one of the first things I end up being open about is at least being vocal and supportive in taking care of your own mental health. Mm -hmm. Like, just being aware that it is something you need to take care of. Rose can probably also tell you I've never at all been the greatest at taking my own advice. Do as I say, not as I do. That's <laughs> how I live much. my life. I mean, for real. Like, and I can dish out great advice all the time, and then I'm like, oof, I should listen to my own shit. And, you know, to be fair to you, you've called me out on some... wouldn't say so much calling me out, but I would say asking a very deep, direct, hard-hitting question. I don't like to answer things in black and white. And no, you have... she dance around it. She dance around <laughs> every answer. And somewhere in there, I can some find, sometimes find the answer or hear what I'm looking for. Uh, I will say Miss Monica has amazing way with words. You really do. Sometimes not in a good way. <laughs> like with my deflection <laughs> of my own issues. <laughs> But you're great with words. I will tell you that. I, to honest to goodness, like I sometimes I listen to you and I'm like, 
she is way smarter than I think she gives herself credit for. Like, I, like, sit there in awe and, like, how am I, how am I friends with these people? Because I can't even speak words. (laughs) Well, because communication comes in more than just words. And uh, something I think we've talked about a lot throughout our friendship has been exactly that, how communication, whether it's through language, actual words, whether it's through actions, whether it's through, uh, okay, no, those are mainly the ones. Uh, (laughs) I'm like, what else is there? Uh, We got all the love languages, but it really does come down to either you have verbal or nonverbal communication of some sort. Yeah. And a common issue, this has been my common issue with my communication. I can be very effective. I can be very communicative. Sometimes I can be way over communicative. I can say a lot without having said a single thing at all. Very talented at bullshit. Uh, (laughs) To that same note, don't bullshit a bullshitter. And that's where I run into issues with Rose because she doesn't let me bullshit her. And I don't like it. Well, no, I appreciate that. Don't always like it, though. Yeah. But through, through some kind of communication of some sort... Sometimes what ends up getting lost is the actual intent. So I have people who know me very well that sometimes my, my way of communicating, whether it's verbal or nonverbal, don't actually align with the person that they know me to be. And that's where we start having a lot of discord between people. In this case, a lot of times it's been me communicating correctly when it comes to exactly that word, vulnerable. Allowing myself to be vulnerable even makes me cringe now as we're saying that word. So... And here I am, bitch, don't cry. <laughs> like, oh, I'm you, not gonna cry. If you cry, start crying. Nobody no, needs... No, no. I'm, a, I'm a hard ass. Nobody needs I to see that I flip to getting shit. pissy and combative <laughs> when I feel, you know... Emotional. But exactly that. That's all another part of deflection. That's all another part. I had a... Going into your series about talking about stories, and I think one of the biggest things that resonated with me from a different friend, she had told me, you wear your past hurts, your traumas, all of that. You wear it like a suit of armor because you have yet to realize how strong you are without all of that crap. And it goes to deflection. I am extremely talented at that, but I am on a deficit still, working on growing it, on not just being vulnerable, but ensuring I discern who I am vulnerable with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Rose, you have often been a friend. Okay, always been a friend, just often I'll occasionally turn. <laughs> See these words. It uh, started off sounding great. Uh, you have always been someone that I can turn to and have, again, no judgment. But it doesn't mean that I'm ready to talk and lose judgment of myself. True. That's, so that's pretty deep. That I mean, I end up thinking you're going to judge me because, well, I'm over here judging me. When I'm like... Okay, y'all, she met me. I, like, really don't judge for much. There's, I don't think I really... I do my best not to judge. We are human. We have our moments. But for the most part, if something catches me off guard, I just stop. And I, after I wipe the bewildered look off my face, 
All right, let's roll with it. It's not my cup of tea, but that's cool. So you have been a good person like that with me as well. But again, it's also me that holds me back from talking about anything. And like I mentioned, a lot of the things I've gone through, military, growing up, uh, just adult life, all of it. I've chosen for a long time not to talk about it because it was so much easier to keep it in the boxes at mm -hmm. that time. Because, mm -hmm. again, it comes back to who the hell has time to deal with grief. And I say grief in this case. It's not a lot of... There's not a lot of people like human life I've lost. I'm very fortunate in that one aspect. But grief still is very much applicable to letting go of things whether you wanted to let go or not whether you're making whether something has ended abruptly your life pretty much let's say you get a where we were working at i went from the department i was at there was grief associated with moving from that department to a new department i was excited i'm moving into a new beginnings and i met these awesome freaking people Rose is not the only one that I, I met up there at that department that's been, you know. Yeah. I never would have met them had I not had to go through a transition. Uh, in this case, it was a happy one, but there's still grief associated with it. Closing a chapter. So we go back to tossing everything in boxes over and over and over. But at what point does that closet start becoming overfilled? At what point are you now, like, sitting on the, the proverbial suitcase trying to zip it up without it, like, exploding out on you? Yeah, I hit that in the fall. Um, I had some... When the pandemic rolled in, I my head went back to Iraq. That's as far as I'd like to say I was removed from Iraq when the pandemic started hitting in and it was before they really announced that it was here. I was already watching the news and the, the trends. You were already starting to see panic buying and <laughs> the things that were being panic bought, I will be very honest. They set me off because when everything appears or feels that it's going to hell in handbasket, these panic bought priority items really made no sense to me. Okay, let's just go with it. Toilet paper. We're talking about toilet paper. Toilet paper and paper towels. Those are... Paper goods. Those are luxury items. What are you going to do? Shit yourself? I'm sorry. <laughs> right? From my, from my yeah. experience and perspective, being in Iraq, you know, heck, if we go on a convoy and I don't have baby wipes with me, well, guess what? If I had to pee out on the court, you know, out on the yeah. side of the road, I'm going to have to drip dry, air dry, be uncomfortable. So it is a luxury item I'd like to always have, <laughs> but when when shit's hitting the fan, I want to make sure <laughs> we have no pun intended. No. <laughs> I want to make sure do we have fire? You know, do we have food? Do we have yeah. uh, water? Oh, water! We can make it without food if you have water. Either way, these are where my priorities are starting to go to allocate my funds because it's a rational thought. Make no mistake. Did I have some fear about things? Yes. Fear's natural. Fear's, fear's part of being human. Helps you. If you can balance it and not let it take over so that you're using that fear to help you be mindful, not irrational. 
And so I started perceiving everyone that was panic buying as a wild card. And so that's why I felt like I was back in Iraq. That makes sense. Like, all of these people are freaking out, and you're just trying to, like, you're rationalizing, and you looked at everything, you're like, okay, this isn't that big, like, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't a big deal. Like, the toilet paper is not going to be an issue, the paper towels are not going to be an issue, but these people are acting like crazies, like, in Iraq, and going crazy, and, like, all those situations where you come across... I want to clarify... Only one thing on how you said that. Um, okay. I don't perceive the people necessarily... I know what you meant. I just want to clarify. Wild card in the sense of... You didn't know what to I expect don't know, of them. Correct. Yeah. Uh, being ruled by... Just simple as that. I can't read your mind, but your behaviors are acting a certain way. Being because, ruled by fear. Because the civilian population I did encounter in Iraq, they were wild cards purely by not knowing the situation. Right. Uh, not that anyone, that is a, that the only reason I bring that up is because I know sometimes there can be misconceptions and I know you have a whole different view. Like we drive on that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was my own little nitpicky note. That's fine <laughs> for people that might not be familiar with the military. I think the word wild card is a common term used in the military, especially on missions. Because, I mean, that's exactly... It's an unknown variable. It's an unknown variable. So, yes, I could see that. And I think that's what scared me, too, a lot. Because, I I mean, I was never a person to have panic. I was never a person to have any issue with going into a grocery store that was busy or going out to a concert that was busy. But all of a sudden, I'd go into these places, and I'd leave, and I'd go home, and I'd be like, I'm fucking drained. Mm -hmm. Because all that emotion, you could feel it in the air. And I'm just like, I'm a big fan, not a fan. I don't agree. recommend. That's just me, though. And and as that just kept going on further and further, uh, I know we started walking. I started opening up a little bit. Uh, my home life, my my own my own issues, my own past traumas, my own baggage, <laughs> as it starts tumbling out of the closet. At first, it starts a little slowly, but it really did impact my behaviors. Um, so going to that whole behaviors and intent aligning, um, mine were very, very misaligned, malaligned. They were not lining up. The ducks were not in a row. No, my ducks were running all over the place, <laughs> quacking, biting. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how many people come across this, but as a female, uh, I think some people find it a little unusual, off-putting. I don't turn into catty as much as I turn straight up aggressive and combative. Uh, I won't necessarily be physically combative, but I can turn real nasty. And the problem with that beautiful intelligence you you mentioned earlier is that as great use as I can put it to is also as nasty as I can be to someone. And... Because I wasn't okay with myself, because I was careening out of control in my own brain, I couldn't cope with everything starting to slowly tumble out of the closet. Oh, and then once it started tumbling slowly, it started increasing to exponential, (laughs) tumbling out, and uh, explosive. We'll go with explosive. Uh, Shit hitting the fan. Shit hitting the fan. We keep going back to that. Yeah. But to say one of the hardest things... 
for me to say is I took it out on the person I love the most. And the point there is it wasn't just my partner. It was also my friends that my mood swings, my, I'd flip from, yeah, mood swings. I'd flip from one zero chill to suddenly ramped up to 120, not even 60. I'd be ramped up over escalation and reaction. And if you don't pick this up for me now, I am quite scary when my entire demeanor has shut down and gone cold. Um, I have had some very tall, surly, I mean, big, big looking dudes that are solid good friends of mine that when I shift, yeah, I don't have to yell and scream. I don't have to. That's actually not the scary part. It's when you feel the air around me shift, go cold, and now you know I'm gone into a bit more of a vicious mode. Fight, flight, or freeze, and I've gone into straight fight. The calm before the storm. Oh. That silence is what kills people the most. And I, <clears throat> it's funny, because nobody really knows this about me, because I haven't been anywhere or been in a situation where I've had to be like that. Um, but same for me. Like, I can... I'm the kindest, sweetest person, blah, blah, blah. These are all compliments I hear, okay? I'm humble, okay? I'm humble. But these are things I hear, but don't piss me off. Mm-hmm. Because everything you ever told me all of a sudden becomes a weapon. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's actually just kind of being brave and telling people <laughs> shit right now. But, I mean, it's and it, it can be very scary because the words, words, mm-hmm. like, I know you're not a physical person per se, but I just like you're really good with your words, in that moment, those words can kill. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's, I've it, never, that's the worst. I, I've, I've never, I can't really say that I've laid a hand on anybody. That's, I've always, no matter how angry, rage, all of that, I may get destructive. I have been known to throw and break things, not at people, but destructive. Yeah. Um, I stick to breaking my own stuff because it, it sticks in me that there's a lot of things you can't take back. And there's certain lines... Um, I've punched the wall several times out of reaction, just having lost it. And nobody else is around. I'm just in my head and I'm losing my temper with whatever in my brain. And I've punched, just reactively punched the wall. Had my roommate come and ask, was that you? Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, I don't get physically like violent towards someone. But you sure right. The verbal side of it. I tried physically against two people and failed miserably both times. <laughs> it just and I got really good at throwing stuff. Like mm-hmm. I would throw shit. And then to the point of when that wasn't working anymore, I remember I told you I'd just go cry in the fucking closet. Me and the closet were best friends. And then when I didn't have a sit in walk in sit in closet. A walk in closet, me in the bathroom. Yeah. That was the only way that I could get the emotions out without hurting other people in the process because those emotions, you know, yeah, you're mad at that person for whatever they've done, but you kind of talked about this sitting on the suitcase, right? Mm-hmm. But it was like um, sitting on, for me, the way the counselor said, it's like you can shove everything down in this crash can as much as you want. You know, Sarah Cynthia Stout wouldn't take the garbage out. And you try to shove it down as much. And then eventually it begins to overflow. And it comes out in places that you didn't expect it to come out in. 
you know, and that that's where I think a lot of times when we get into arguments with people, yeah, we're mad at them for that right there, whatever the fuck it was. Then everything else. But everything else just kind of comes at the same time, and you, they don't know. They're like, oh, it's just I didn't do the dishes or some shit, you know, or I took a breath at the wrong time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it comes out at the wrong time. For me, it's hair is touching my face. Your own hair. <laughs> my mom and I, my mom and I actually have a joke. So along along all of these these things I've I've navigated through, uh, for me, one thing that's constantly come up that impacts me, outside of trauma, it's more of an exacerbation is hormone disorder, and so I don't just we hear of PMS. Okay, hey. Any of y'all that struggle through those physical symptoms of it, I'll be the first one to say I thankfully don't deal with much of that, but oh my goodness, I feel for y'all. I deal with it on the psych side, and some of y'all got it twofold on both sides. Mm-hmm. Now, with the hormone issue I deal with, it's a premenstrual dysphoric disorder, so that what we see is classic PMS. Uh, I get that from for nearly 14 days leading up to my cycle and I can range from uh, we had we color coded it at one point green yellow orange red green and this was all about my my ability to cope that day or not feel where was I on the whelm scale am I overwhelmed am I doing all right and so literally there were days there are days that I wake up I feel like nothing, my life can be great. I just had one recently where I spent about two days crying. I'm just like, I'm staying here at home. I'm taking it easy, being kind to myself because those days I woke up and I just felt like I was already wearing gray and red colored glasses. And that's how I was already seeing the world, kind of dark and depressed and rage underlying. So you would take the spot check first thing in the morning when you would wake well, fortunately now I also have hot flashes tied in with it. So this physical thing also alerts me to the fact that maybe I'm not, it's not just environmental, like my normal stuff that's already been stressed, but there's something added to it. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, when I wake up some mornings without a physical symptom, kind of let me know, I do, I do have to stop and I, I, do kind of a reality check, and I'm like, hold on. Has anything changed? Like, what are my current stressors? Because I do have quite a few right now. But I can genuinely say, for the most part, they are manageable. I'm coping a lot better. But those mornings that I'm waking up with those, those colored glasses on, and especially when I wasn't recognizing that's what it was, and not then taking care of myself after... Those are the days that I really lashed out at the people I uh, around me, the people I cared about, because I didn't know what was right with myself. Um, so another way I think I've been talking to you about uh, is vibration, like being out of sync. Mm-hmm. So when I go with the word vibration, we're talking about sound, sound vibration. Uh, Made some statement about if sound is vibration or vibration is sound and sound is a note and note becomes music, then, you know, stands to reason vibrations are, uh, sound and vibrations are music. 
and I bring that up because that's actually been a very key thing in me learning how to heal and so these days that I wake up with the different colored glasses just not not feeling myself not feeling in balance or not feeling within a good balance for myself I recognize it's my vibes out of sync mm -hmm. <laughs> so those days I even notice it I get overwhelmed more easily uh, noise whether it's visual audio um, stress anything just noise the amount of things that I'm taking on my plate uh, and over time working through things that entire closet full of stuff I started to have less noise because I'm more in sync with myself and I'm vibrating to like them damn cicadas let me put it like this those have been quite annoying to me before as I am more imbalanced they're still annoying to me. They just don't piss me off now. <laughs> you don't want to go around and kill all of them. And right. Burn I don't the trees. To, exactly. I don't want to, like, decimate the entire cicada population just so they could stop. It's funny because, I mean, those cicadas to me bring back good memories. Mm -hmm. So it's like of summer when I was a kid. And they're actually quite relaxing. It's kind of strange. But vibrations do make a difference. And I'm just curious if, like, there's a lot of of studies and research going on about sound uh, therapy. Like, you know, with the ohm bowls. I don't know what you mm -hmm. want to call them, the bowls. But the with sound the bowls. Yeah, those sound bowls. Like, had you ever thought of, like, in the morning, if you're feeling kind of off, like, doing, like, finding a melody that would be like, okay. So one of the funniest things about my personality is that I can't even force myself to do shit. I try and force myself what? anything. I know. What? The same person you say, tell me no, and I'll figure out a way just to do it just to spite you. Uh, it was just a suggestion, and I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, you know, that's not a bad idea. If, like, if I ever wake up myself, like, in a bad mood, maybe I can. And everybody loves music, right? But sometimes you don't want to necessarily hear lyrics. Right. You just, a, a, a tone so, or a melody or something. Fighting... I have found very, uh, I have found, I guess what I'm saying when I say I can't force myself, it's an excellent idea. So now in order for me to try and incorporate anything, I have to Jedi mind trick my damn self to make it seem like it was always this great. I mean, let me tell you, I love Monica to death. I love it. And I can give her ideas and thoughts and stuff, but then it's like a 40 step process absolutely. to get to that thing. And to because me, it was your idea. It wasn't mine. And to me, that is very hard to take. And I'm like, come on, Monica. Let's get this together. Well. And well, I don't judge her for it. I know this is what happens every time because we've had conversations about health and fitness. And, you know, let's do this and let's try this. And, and I hear her tell me how she's getting about to doing these things. And I'm like, oh, my God. But everybody's different. Look, you told me 1% better every day, and I've been damn doing that, so you can talk up <laughs> that advice to you, okay? That's all I ask, is 1% better. I, you know, and I, I should know, you know, some things are more easier for people to implement than other things, and it just depends. I mean, like me, I still haven't implemented, since we stopped going to the space, I've stopped going to the space. <laughs> Even though you said, don't, don't let it break your mojo, and I'm like, but there's nobody there. <laughs> Which is fine, because sometimes I was like, man, 
I love Monica, but she loves to talk. I do. And it's not a problem, but we, we were going to the space specifically for us to work. And I'd talk. And she would talk. And she would sing. And I wouldn't, ma- I wouldn't mind it because I was used to the singing portion. As long as it's not the same song <laughs> with the same word going over the What was the song? Listomania. Listomania. Oh, my God. But Jane, carry on. Carry on. <laughs> and I would be like, man, it's kind of quiet before she gets here. And then she'd get there and I'd be like, oh, man, I'm trying to work. And I would work. But she's singing and she's like fidgeting and trying to get settled. And, and I, even though I didn't, sometimes I'd be like, man, this is a lot. I missed it. So then it's like, I don't want to go up there by myself. <laughs> so I haven't been up there by myself. Uh, I'll probably start going once the fucking plumbers are... I, I think right now it's... So like, about them obstacles you create for yourself. I feel like this is like a, a point of dissension. It's so like, tell me about 40 steps to get to the final end. <laughs> I'd say I was perfect, okay? Oh, nobody said that. <laughs> what is about this taking your own advice? <laughs> hey, like I was 1% better every day for yes, like a you, good like two weeks. You <laughs> still are. You so, are. but yeah, like... I, I think it's, uh, for me, that space is kind of like a, it's a point of dissension for me. Like, it, it's a, like a trigger point for me, and it kind of makes me mad, and it kind of just makes me happy at the same time. But I get more frustrated than, with it than anything, so I think that's why I kind of... So, like, interesting advice I got for myself recently. <laughs> um, it was given to me by, by my therapist, because... Sometimes I need some expert advice that's not my own because I obviously won't listen to my own most of the time. (laughs) 40 steps to get to your own. (laughs) um, I I suffered a a knee injury um, back on June 7th. And bittersweet and everything, I'm working on getting it right. But I I do get irritated with it because um, it's very likely a ligament tear again and... That was not fun the first time I did that a decade ago. (laughs) So here we are now, and my therapist gave me some really excellent advice. I'm over here irritated with my my knee because I noticed the function is not the same. But he says, you know, when I had my leg injury, he said, I had to learn to love that leg. I had to treat that leg like, uh, you know, because in reality... This is for me, Monica. I do want this knee to carry me at least another 30 years. That'll put me into my 60s. We can start slowing down around then. I'm not, I'm not done until my 90s. I'm just saying we can start slowing down around then. <laughs> but if I want this leg to carry me for the next 30 years minimum, I got to actually take care of it, which means reframing my perspective on being in love with my leg. Because quite obviously, if I'm not loving my this injury because I'm irritated with it, well, I'm less inclined to actually take care of it. So that goes to self-care on mental health as well. If I'm not at a point where I'm in sync enough to even recognize, do I love myself or not, I'm not going to take care of myself. Simple as that. And sometimes the hard part is trying to remember what is worth loving to begin with. And that's both the leg and mental health. That's like goes hand in hand in uh, the words you speak to yourself, mm-hmm. which is very profound now that I think about it. I'm like, that makes sense. Because like for the longest time, same thing with my knee, I was really pissed off like what I couldn't do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in this past year of gaining strength back, 
I am more thankful for my body of what it can do. Um, yeah. So, the last time I retour, or the last time I, the only time I've injured this knee previously was uh, leading up to Iraq. Mm. I fully ruptured my ACL in my right knee two months and some change prior to us actually flying out to Iraq. I was not aware of the extent of the injury until about two months in. So the reason I bring that up, first of all, look, I'm going to be real. I'm going to be real. Please don't anybody push past your pain tolerance than what it should be, could be, and don't be ir- irrational. Um, I was 21 at the time, and I had, I mean, I had already been working months towards this deployment, and at that moment... I was like, oh, hell no, tell me no. And I remember as I injured and I'm sitting on the ground uh, waiting, like, are they going to take me out on the stretcher, stuff like that? I'm telling my first sergeant, don't send me home. Don't Mm. send me home. And he said, we'll see what happens. Whatever we can, we'll keep you on this mission. I was off of crutches in a week. Um, Again, please, I did not know what was wrong with my knee at this time. They had wrapped it up. They had even put, here's a brace. Here's some ibuprofen. Here's some ranger candy. <laughs> uh, and carry on. You know, it's up to you. I had a profile to take it limited, you know, take it easy. But my stubborn ass got off crutches in a week, was back to carrying my full gear probably within another week or two after that, and went on out to Iraq uh, that December, about two months later. I did find out about a week before we were flying out what the actual extent of the injury was. While I was also in disbelief, I also straight up was asking, is this going to stop me from going? The answer is no, it did not. (laughs) Should I have? That's a whole nother matter to remain. We're not there. But I will say while I was there, I did have to figure out how to better take care of my leg because I was wearing an ACL brace the whole time. My knee was not fixed. Like, we had not done any surgery, nothing, or else I wouldn't have been able to go. And I had to contend with the fact that because I wore my brace under my pants, even the people that I worked with on a daily basis did not realize... A, that I was still injured, or B, the severity of the injury. A few people knew and cared. I, but I had my own chain of command, not know, care, and that's what it felt like. And I even have profiles indicating what's going on. And it just really kind of came back to that feeling of, well, nobody's going to care about me and my injury the way I'm going to. Mm-hmm. So I got to love myself. Got to take care of myself. Um, and I did do, make some moves to do that while I was in Iraq, but here we are now with a re-injury and I'll be straight up in the first week of being injured. I did not wrap it. I did not ice it. I probably very little elevated it. I was mad, like just irritated that it was messed up again. Now. I will say it wasn't training for Iraq that injured it this time. It was actually a one-person mosh pit at a uh, tribute show. Living your and best it was life. Great! I was jumping around, and I there we go. I injured it. and I still went out for the next song, and it was a one-person mosh pit. Let me make that clear. I can injure myself inadvertently, but <laughs> but it 
a second this is my second rodeo and it's am I gonna repeat the same pattern from before or am I gonna look at how I'm doing this differently I'll tell you right now the first thing I remind myself I'm not going to Iraq <laughs> I am literally not slated to go to Iraq so already I have a lot more control over how I choose to take care of this. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm working on. But I don't think a lot of this would have occurred had I not made my own headway on sorting through that closet mess of boxed up memories. Yeah. And I don't know. Music has, with all of this, music has been a constant theme. Um feeling more of the vibrations around the world, just sitting outside and enjoying cicadas without wanting to <laughs> H-bomb them all. When it's not <laughs> 120,000 degrees outside. That's what my air conditioning I, is for. Oh, I know. You, but you have great yards. Like, your front yard, your backyard is like... I'm really grateful, yeah. You, you picked a nice house. Like, I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. It is... It is a great, great place to be home. Uh, I know we've gone all over on the conversation. I think... We can one stop of the, and end it, whatever, I mean... No, one okay. of the biggest things I wanted to wrap around to was this is outside of you and I having talked, and so it's important to me because I know throughout this whole bit, it's like my normal conversation. You're not going to hear a straight story from me right away. That just... If you've nah. been listening for the past 45 minutes, <laughs> exactly. you will know that. Nah, I just... But I want you to also understand... I want everyone to understand... I, I do come to find that out as being part of trauma. Not necessarily even being able to talk about events linearly. Um, it is hard. Because... As much as time is a logical left brain human construct, it's a it's a concept that allows for us to at least timeline, chronicle events, not to bound and restrict us. The concept is just meant there for it to be a a reference for everyone to be on the same page. Uh, our right brain makes that such that our brain is always a time machine. So not being able to sometimes talk about a lot of things in a linear fashion, going off on my rabbit trails, and then f even further taking us down the rabbit hole. It, uh, oh, I should put like a ding right? for Alice in Wonderland. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a part of the fact that, like to your point earlier, there's times I'm still living that moment in time. It's not in the past for me. It's the memories, the feelings... The feelings themselves are what make time so not linear. And learning to work through those um, has come to me through writing. Uh, I talked about that 10-year span of working, just putting things in the closet over and over and over, boxing them away. And it was a little over 10 years ago that I stopped writing. I've always had... An enjoyment for for words and I am able to communicate in a whole nother level through uh, written whether it's poetry or 
short stories, uh, or even just a thought written out. I am... It is a whole nother thing for me. And it surprises me. I'm like, damn, I don't cease to amaze myself sometimes. But it also... <laughs> it's been very therapeutic. And so with that... That's actually how I've been able to start telling my story for myself and to learn how to heal. Because a lot of times the reason I haven't allowed myself to grieve or to even grieve to then allow myself to heal is because I won't even acknowledge my story. I'd like to uh, keep it in those boxes and pretend it didn't happen to me. Like I know it happened to me, but so disassociated from it. And writing them down in my fashion with my voice has allowed me to go back and actually read them and cry sometimes because it's the first time I'm really stopping and acknowledging, oh wow, this is mine. And over the time I've known Rose, it's also really come back to me over and over and she has really reinforced it and if doing this podcast isn't further reinforcement nothing bad has ever come from telling my story we cannot fall into the mistake though of thinking our story like your own respective story is the most important or that it's more important than anyone else yeah. because we are all important but I do have to begin with Acknowledging that my story is important to me. So, um, as you know, I'm working on growing that area. I don't know what's going to come out, but it's going to be tied in with music. Because I can feel the vibes get. And not be impacted negatively. But it had to start with me first even acknowledging my own story. That's powerful. I really, I mean, like I said, like, just reading your posts and stuff lately on Facebook, like, I've seen a big shift, like, a huge shift in who you are, and I and I see the growth, which I think is amazing, um, from meeting you five, whatever, six years ago, um, you were very, when I first, I didn't know what to think of you when I first met you, um, I was like, okay, she's a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not a problem. It wasn't an issue for me. I revel in, revel in that. <laughs> it was not an issue for me. It was just, you were very, obviously very different than everybody else that was in that area. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, we had some very type A personalities in that area. Um, ones that. We had very traditional type A, because I do find I'm type A as well. <laughs> yes, we had very traditional type A personalities in that area. And, and that those people are hard for me to come by because... They make me question me and intimidate me, but I think at the same time I intimidate them because I'm just so not scheduled for shit. <laughs> um, so I don't know, like, you came in late when we first started working together, like, in the group, and mm -hmm. um, I don't know how we clicked. Like, I don't know, I think... I think we, we went started, to lunch because yeah. we were just new. Yeah. And I think that's all it was, but I don't know what made it... I really don't know what clicked, like, for us. It was weird. I guess we saw the weird in each other. And I could hide it probably better than you could. I, 
like to think I try to hide it. I mean, I could see through it, but I... Well, no, to your point, I'd like to think I can try and hide it, which (laughs) actually, let's be real. I can if a genuine situation calls for it, but what I can't break away, and I recognize it's not a weakness, what I can't break away is that some way, somehow, the core of who I am is going to shine through somehow. And it's going to be... We can be in the most (laughs) hoity-toity... Right in the building. Let me. And have a spit take that I, uh. (laughs) Let's show the world how awkward and weird we are. I have this vision of this thing being, and this bright orange thing just coming out the center of like, here I am, here's all my awkward and weirdness. Well, I'm looking at your, I'm looking at your water can at the the sticker I passed on to you, which is. Oh yeah, at the center. Find your center and burst through it. In a fun dance, dance number. number. Hello, my baby. Hello, my yeah. darling. And yeah. that's... I will I will be quiet and observe. And the first thing that's likely to come out of me is something sarcastic, snarky, something to crack people up. Um, Do you test in the waters? Exactly. It is kind of the default personality that I go with. Um, and make no mistake, if I'm going to crack a joke, you bet it's going to be something witty that like comes out of left field that everybody... Who's this? But I do. I tend to, no matter how hard I try to uh, rub the dirt on me and camouflage, <laughs> uh, you're going to still see Monica pop on out. And uh, now I had a lot of other people in the department cracking up. You pretty much had everybody. Yeah, and it's... It was a relief in the area, I think, um... A big relief in the area. I think a lot of it, it was funny, too, because, like, some of the guys on my team, well, there were the majority guys on my team, Chris and mm-hmm. Richard, but Chris especially, like, I don't know if my personality made his personality even louder, but I found at one point in time, like, my manager was being just as sassy to us, finally. <laughs> And Chris is like, oh, man. I'm like, well, I don't know. She's getting sassy, you know. But, I mean, I feel like when I look at who my, was on my team, you know, and I love my friend Kathy to death. Mm-hmm. She was, I mean, we've talked about that before. She was a hard egg to crack. I don't know what the hell you want to call it. Um, but the people were very uptight on our team. And it was just very strange. And I think I kind of, it was a dynamic that was needed on my team. Now, on your team... Your dynamic was just strange because your manager was just this weird. <laughs> <laughs> he was so kooky. Was you like, know, yeah. The crazy uncle that you're like, you can't really understand, but you love him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, he was a very good manager. He left field, so I think that's why personalities jived. Um, he was someone who gave me a lot of confidence. I swear to God, when I went into that department... I told him from the beginning, I'm like, I swear I'm going to get fired. <laughs> the, the company, the, the thought, the statement, the idea, the concept, whatever, that they're getting you to embrace as a representative is that have that living room conversation. And I told my manager, I said, I get that and I can do it. But I feel like I'm going to get fired because I have a tendency to walk into the living room kick my shoes off, prop them up on the table, and be like, all right, let's talk now. 
It's true. I've seen you do it. <laughs> <laughs> and those the the clientele that we were we were working with um, the one percent the one percent, and so he would remind me. He would drill it into my head because I'm like, I swear I'm going to get fired. And he's like, no. He said, you are genuine. They eat that up. They do. And they there were some times that I was having some rough conversations in which I'm turning around and telling him, I understand. I know you don't like it. I don't like it either. I've looked at this, this, this. And, you know, they know I meant it because I think that's what shines through more than any other aspect of my personality is integrity. Um, before anything else, I mean what I say and I say what I mean. And you just know when I walk into a room, you know. The moment you actually interact with me, you know I'm genuine and honest about what I stand for, what I'm behind, what I don't like. It's not to say I can't evolve and learn and grow. But you at least know, I know who I am at the core. Mm-hmm. No matter how hard I try to rub dirt and camouflage me, <laughs> I still manage to stick out. And it's because, before anything else, it's not oppositional refusal to back down. It's refusal to back down from what I believe is right in me. So, spit take and all. So, we reference this spit take quite often. So, this is, like, the funniest shit ever. So, the area that we were working at, we worked with 1%, and everybody in that area, in this building, quote-unquote, and I say it literally air quotes, because it wasn't a building, it was a fucking... Section. section, The wing. Goddamn terminal, airport terminal, (laughs) um, was all the wealthier people, like, people that actually, to me, had real jobs. They had real jobs. And we were talking, and I was telling her this funny-ass story about this friendship, frenemy, whatever was happening. And we had gotten Starbucks, because that's what we did often. And we were just walking. And I said something that was complete. I really wish I knew what I said. But this is so long ago. We were walking. I said something funny. And automatic reaction, she's spinning (laughs) the Starbucks out of her mouth, like two feet in front of her. And without skipping a beat, <laughs> my ass did like a, like if I was trying to avoid debris on the road and went out like three feet and like, nah, bitch. <laughs> I don't know you. I don't know you. <laughs> but I couldn't stop laughing. And I, God, I honest, God, I was. Well, I remember I was cracking up. And I didn't even, I don't think I even had the quote-unquote decency to look embarrassed or ashamed. It had just happened. And I'm just laughing so hard because I'm like, well. And I, I remember I veer into, not as quickly as you veered away from me. <laughs> you were right there by the bathroom. I, I veered right into the bathroom. I grabbed some paper towels. I'm kneeling on the ground laughing my ass and all these people in suits are walking by and we're like in our jeans and t-shirt because you wear jeans all the time it was funny i don't know it's funny because you talk about how you like you're putting camouflage on yourself and trying to you know whatever dirt and all this stuff and what i visualize is you in dirt putting on a dress trying to be that you know that's what i see that's and that's what i love about you like you're rough you're raw you're authentic, you're you're real, right? And then, like, putting on a dress, to me, putting on a dress seems so uptight. 
Well, first of all, to even get me in a dress more than once a year is a feat in and of itself for myself. I think I did wear a dress once this year. It was at the beginning of January, so I got it out of the way. So now if I'd put pants and a, you know, t-shirt and jeans on over that dirt self. Okay. Now I'd be... <laughs> <laughs> That'd be more. Okay. But but that's what I that's why I see I'm it. All teasing, but seriously to your point, that is what I felt like in in that portion of of the the office building because I had to put on more of a uh, professional persona when I had to put on a more professional look. That's what I felt like, too. And that rubbed against migraine because I can be absolutely professional without having to be prettied up in a dress. Yeah, which is funny because I felt the same way. So I would dress up, but then you would notice I would wear Birkenstocks. Because I'm like, fuck you. And like, and I was very hesitant about getting tattoos below my elbows um, until, like, I mean, I had these ones on my left, but they were easy. I went handshake. And then I, I remember once I got this one, I was like, well, it's all over now. <laughs> I'm like, let's get more tattoos. But I thought it was... Strange and funny, too, because my manager was so in awe of them. I feel like maybe she felt like she couldn't get them because of the position she was in. And so either she thought they were, like, cool and she liked tattoos, but she would always, like, ask about them. And I thought that was neat. It was a very different perspective. I think she had a really hard time when I wanted to leave because she didn't understand, like, what? You don't want a steady paycheck? <laughs> right. No, no. I want my sanity first. Right. Let's see, and I will say just props to my manager, the, the crazy uncle of the two. Uh, he, I told him at one point, I said I wanted to wear my Batman shirt. Just had the symbol of Batman on the I front. I remember. And he told me, he said, hey, as long as you do what you're doing and all of that, I'll have your back for any of it. And I'm like, I'll even tie it with, you know, as Batman, I'm saving memories of the, I don't know. I come up with some oh bullshit line. And he's cracking up and he's just reminding me, as long as you give me your full effort, I'll have your back for anything. That's why I fucking love that area. They honestly did because I, I, I remember just the first week that I was there, I'm like, I feel like an adult over here. Like mm -hmm. they trusted us to do our job. Um, and it's funny that you say that as long as you do your job the way it is, it's fine. Uh, early on in my career there, I had a tongue piercing. Mm -hmm. And I had started the job with a tongue piercing. Um, and I don't know how old I was when I started the job, but I had gotten a manager probably about a year or two later. And she had an issue with my tongue piercing. But I wasn't one of those that would play with it all day. It was mm -hmm. just, it was something I did for my 21st birthday. And I was like, no, you know, I like my tongue piercing, whatever. But she had issue with it. Even though it didn't make a difference on the phone. It didn't mumble my mm -hmm. words. She made issue with it so much that she put it in my performance evaluation. Like, it it hindered my abilities for work somehow. Yeah. That's crazy. It's where I hope that we break away from one day. And, but you can't because everybody's so judgmental in their own personal ways. Like, it, and it, all I, it is is it's on them. I agree with you. I agree with you. But let's. Uh, I do agree with you. The reason I hope that we can break away from it one day is because, ultimately, if we can learn how to practice, you know, kindness and compassion and just respect, 
towards each other. My brain said it makes safe sex. <laughs> ha! <laughs> it's a... Sorry. It's a... Changes the whole game. It is true. And, you know, if my, my roommate and I were talking. Said this for a long time, and I just had to remember it for myself. But since I was a teenager, again, tell me no, even at that age. And something I would say is if you don't like the cards you're dealt, if you don't like the hand you're dealt, you hear a lot of people say, change the hand. Well, sometimes you keep getting shitty hand after shitty hand after shitty hand. If you don't like the hands you're dealt, change the fucking game. So you changed the game when you decided to leave a steady paying corporate job that had it. It it, uh, symbolizes job security. Mm -hmm. It symbolizes steady payment. It's the 40, 40, 40 of once upon a time. 40 years, 40,000, you know what I'm saying? Um, but you're not liking the hands you're dealt. So you had to change the game. Yeah. And, you know, I joke around. Sometimes I'm changing. Actually, sometimes I have five different simultaneous games going on is what it feels like. But that's also because just like humans, we're not that simple. Neither are the games that we play. And I use that term loosely because I'm not trying to play mind games with people that hurt people. But I am trying to figure out better ways to do things. And part of that is I will never go back into a corporate traditional job environment because it's not for me anymore. It has been a means to an end and I have always found parts of it that I love and enjoy because if I can't find at least one thing I like at a job I don't need to be there because all I'm going to do is start going into the negative side of my personality and by the time I left the job we were both at I was going into that side every time I'd hear a call come through I'm ready to start screaming at everybody and they really hadn't done anything wrong they calling me for help (laughs) I'm like why are you you know, that's I need felt. you to help me. So, I uh, changed the game at some point. Took a leap of faith. Um, way easier said than done. But, you know, if things keep turning out wrong, wrong direction, wrong moves, feeling that way constantly, maybe it's because you are playing the wrong game. Maybe you got to reevaluate and shift gears. Holding everything inside and silence and isolating myself and all these other things got me nowhere outside of I survived my adulthood to a point, but it still all kept coming undone. Had to change the game at some point. And for me, a lot of that started off at a lot of people don't realize why I'm so angry about a lot of things because I've never even really told anybody my stories behind them. So in order to change the game that I was in, I had to change my own behavior. Stop holding on to so much in silence. I love that. That's like a a self-realization that, okay, this shit's happening to me, and it keeps happening to me. Okay, I need to change something within me. I wish more people would recognize that. So, like, I think about... (laughs) When you said that, I think about my the boy's father, my first ex-husband, and he's on his 
third wife now, still. They've been together for 10, 11 years. They've been together some time. And I remember early on, and I think I mentioned this before in a podcast, the current wife at one point in time, I basically warned her and I told her, like, this is not good. Like, this is not going to end well. You shouldn't be in this relationship. Um, it's not going to end well. And she, I remember her blatantly saying, well, I'm not you and I'm not Kendra. Nah, bitch, yank. Who's the same in all of this? You know? Um, and, I mean, they're still together. I, I, I almost want to say it's almost like in spite. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, if you're happy in your miserable life, then, I mean, and I don't know if they're miserable and I, don't, I haven't talked to them in forever in a day. Um, but, yeah, it's like you got to realize at what point in time, if you're getting the same bullshit or if you're hearing the same bullshit or you're feeling the same bullshit, at what point in time are you going to deal with the bullshit that you're holding on to? And that's the rough of the gruff. You know, I'm very blunt about it, but... You hear... Uh, you've watched me go through the past eight, nine months when a lot of stuff... Well, we'll go for the full year because you saw the descent into it. Yeah. Um, and one of the biggest things... It was so oversimplified... But it was the biggest thing I held on to, to give me motivation, which was back into a corner. Failure has never been an option. The only thing left to do was change. And I didn't know what the fuck I was going to change, but something had to change. And it was around that time I decided I need help. Like, I reached out and started looking for help because sleeping in my closet for that week talk about the closet cries um yeah October 2020 slept in my closet for a solid week only time I've ever done that in my life and it was because my head storm was so all them boxes in that closet we're talking about well they they exploded I had everything come tumbling out that felt like the size of a two-story plus house and I could see the entire laundry pile of all those things that had been boxed and boxed and boxed. And now I couldn't, like, I could see pieces popping in and out, old memories, triggers, stuff like that. But I couldn't think. I couldn't, like, for context, y'all hear me? I'm probably operating at about 70% of my solid efficiency on intellect, on cognitive, all of it. And that's contending with physical pain that I constantly have for other issues. At this point in time that I'm referring to, I was probably at about 20 or 30%. I was stuttering. I couldn't form a lot of concepts at times. And this may sound really weird. For me, other people would hear it almost as if I was... You're what a lot of people kind of look at as average person. But for anybody who knew me, knew that I was functioning so far below what I'm capable of. And that something was really, this is how bad my brain was cluttered from everything I had avoided dealing with. And it was dark. It was dark. And, uh, to that point, I was feeling more and more backed into a corner. Everything I'd already been feeling that I'd lost. Backed into a corner. Failure has never been an option. What's the only thing left for me? 
change. So started making 1% change. And I can tell you now, I don't try and quantify the growth that I've made over that time. Because I need to stay humble. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know about humble. But in all genuineness, I don't quantify that because I don't want to fall back into the trap of I'm nothing. Can't hold myself to a standard of a year ago. I can't hold myself to a standard of five years ago. Yeah, that's hard. That's why I don't want to quantify. But I can say it like this. I know it's been million percentage points better, but I've progressed at least 1% since then. And actually, I progress 1% better every day. And I've seen it. I've seen the growth. I've seen you, you know, you track certain things and you recognize certain things. I mean, you took your health into your own hands and it was like, I'm going to track this and I'm going to look at this and I'm going to try to do this. You know, you've set boundaries for yourself I know for for things um and you're finding out setting those boundaries can be difficult um you are starting to verbalize as your form of therapy by writing and getting that out which I think is great because you're to me it's releasing toxins from your body that you've held on to for so long and I personally believe like if you hold on to those things you know it brings illness in your body I'm not saying that you're going to heal from it by any means But, like, we had talked about, like, with your leg and learning to love your leg and learning to what you say to yourself, you start to believe. So, you know, if you're going to, like, just talking to plants, it's the meme that's going around right Mm -hmm. now. You talk to your plants and imagine they're growing, but the same thing, like, what if you did that to yourself and learning to do those? Be sure to taste the words you spit out, or be, be sure to taste your words before you spit them out. That includes yourself. Ooh, those can be dirty, too. So, mm-hmm. It is learning to be mindful of what you say, not only to other people, but to yourself. I mean, and to yourself is going to be the biggest thing, because if you're talking crap about yourself, then you're going to view the world in dark colored glasses, and you're going to kind of walk around that way, you know? Um, yeah. Hmm. It's crazy. I am ready to about wrap it up, and I've had this one piece, short, sweet, on my mind that I wanted to share for everyone. Okay. Because it ties into, I think, this all sums up me, and it goes... You did chuckle a little bit when I said, I dream, you know, I I hope that one day we get to a point in which everyone is kind, respectful, all that, all that. I get it. It's a pipe dream. Make no mistake. I know you feel, I was going to say, make no mistake. I do know you believe in the same. Yes. And I recognize that the chuckle that I'm commenting on has more to do with, that's the hopeful cynic or cynic hope is (laughs) cynically hopeful, whatever. I get that. Um, Because I feel that same thing, too. Um, but I think that's what pushes me so much has to do with the fact that that kind kindness for the sake of kindness, I don't know how it ripples out, but I know what it's done for me. Mm-hmm. And it starts with me deciding to be kind, even if I don't feel like it. We make those jokes of like, who hurts you? <laughs> but in reality, I mean, like, it's the truth. there's a lot of truth behind that. Sadly. 
Sadly. And so to your, you know, cutting through the bullshit of like, well, Monica, da 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 da. And I'm like, damn it, you asked me a direct question that I have to answer. God damn it. So this one is called I Dare You to Believe. It is all madness and nonsense, you see, to be able to dream of a world that I dream it can be. But I maintain that I am both mad and full of nonsense because I continue to refuse this conditioned irrationality that tries to take away from me all that I believe and see. And, I, and now I will have to vehemently and kindly disagree. So do not impose on me your conditioned ideology. Do not presume that I am so blinded by this world around me. I dare you to believe in all that I dream, because fuck this nightmare reality. I believe in me. Ooh, I like that. Um, that is... I believe in me. Mm-hmm. So I wrote that, looks like back in April. Um... I can't tell you sometimes why I write and have written, but it's, again, all my story. That's awesome. Well, since we'll bring it to an end, um, I want to thank you for this, because I think this is amazing. You are the first official, like, sat down and actually did a podcast with. I mean, I know I've recorded some other stuff with other people, but I haven't um, fully released anything yet. Um, so, thank you for that. Like, I think it's a uh, powerful um, and it uh, means a lot to me, really it does. So I like your words, but I still got to do my affirmations because I think those are so important for people that absolutely they don't believe in them, but I believe in them. So I'm going to do them here. Hey, whether, any, whether anybody believes in what I just said or not, I believe in it. I believe in me, right? That's go. exactly what it is. Okay, so here we are, here we are. I am worthy. I am kind. I am powerful. I am wise. I am above and not below. I am harmonious. I am strong. I am beautiful and or handsome. With that, my friends, love and light. Love and light.